This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Well, you know I read that live because I am completely losing my voice, and you could hear that. So that is not today's top story, but it is certainly going to mar all the stories of the day. But I have to say, maybe I should take the advice of someone I did a podcast with that was just released yesterday. The name of the podcast is Cannabis Heals Me. Cannabis Heals Me. Oh, is that right? Yes, but I'm not sure cannabis heals laryngitis. I just feel like there's a... I mean, it's worth a shot, I guess. (laughs) Maybe the gummy format. The gummy format, or a lot of people use it for pain now. They use the... Oil or I don't know. I'm not a CBD. I'm not a connoisseur. Yes, CBD. CBD there you go. So well, I'm at, actually I'm on remote right now from California where that is legal. So it was a great podcast, by the way. If you want to know about Tommy Chong, when I talk about Tommy Chong, we go into that in great depth. It's so really interesting. The interesting. end of criminal justice starts with Tommy Chong's bong. The end of criminal justice starts yes. with Tommy Chong's bong. That's yes. put that on a hat a and a T-shirt right there. So listen to Cannabis Heals Me with guest Monica Perez and you, Rachel Kennerly. She's quite excellent. All right. I do want to say, even though your voice has a little laryngitis. Yes. I want to say you look very nice today because it is National Compliment Day. Thank you. Thank you. I am going to look very nice because I'm here for Grammy events. Okay. So I've been preparing my appearance for weeks, but my voice is giving out already. And that's terrible news because I've got... When I've got Music Cares tonight where they do like an Aerosmith thing. So Aerosmith is there and then a bunch of other people do the Aerosmith songs and they come and sit in the audience like it's it's going to be cool. But I'm not going to be able to talk to anybody if I want to do the WSB show on remote tomorrow. Aerosmith comes and sits in the audience? Everybody. Last time I was there, it was for Bob Dylan and everybody did Bob Dylan songs. And literally at the tables next to me, one side was Bruce Springsteen, who was talking to Bonnie Raitt. And on the other side... Like David Crosby, whoever the long-haired one is, like literally, it's like excuse me as he tried to squeeze by my chair. Yeah, that's cool. I I I didn't recognize a lot of people. My husband knows every, you know, recognizes. He's a music guy. He like knew everybody. But anyway, it's supposed to be cool. I'm some of that stuff is lost on me because I don't really follow, but I do like to get dressed up. Yeah, I'm not sure it was worth the effort and and the toll on my health mm-hmm. to be out here in the. Whatever they're spraying, I'm sure, is the cause of my laryngitis. Hopefully you don't have the corona disease or whatever that thing is called that's been going around. Oh, I actually, let's make that the top story because the coronavirus, there is an international, I believe it came out of California, but it was in The Guardian, which is a London newspaper. Coronavirus, girl is in the hospital for a month with the coronavirus and it took me tweeting and talking about it and going back and rereading the article to realize that in the headline, it says a different strain of the coronavirus. So it is a common strain of the coronavirus that gets people sick and in the hospital every year. And that's what this girl has. Yeah. Yet the headline across the world was girl in the hospital for a month with the coronavirus implying that it, or I don't somehow my brain did not read the qualifier in the headline 
And I thought it was the coronavirus that they're promoting. Like, clearly, it's like advertising it. I think it is, because why would you report that story if there was not a scare right. involving it? That story would have never Girl been reported. in the hospital for ordinary flu that usually puts somebody in the hospital. Yeah, breaking news. Girl doing fine. It's just not a story you <laughs> well, usually report. Well, she doesn't actually look like she's doing fine. However, I will point out last week... I think there was a boy who died, 13, 14. I knew a boy who died of a of an illness like that. Terrible, totally healthy boy, 14 years old, contracted a virus like a flu or a cold. And I guess the way they described it was it got into his heart and he died. And uh, this kid also died of the flu. And I looked and I thought, I've read articles like this before. And usually the kid got a flu shot. So I read the article, and in the very bottom, it said this. This is what it said, and it was extremely insulting. It says the mother claims the boy got a flu shot. Like she's, she's trying to now cover being her interrogated ass. on a black site. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, but I'm sure she did give him a flu shot, and that's the story. But they made it look like she's saying she did. She's an anti-vaxxer. She feels guilty. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that she's an anti-vaxxer who's covering up for herself, but. I, I I actually looked for the line in the article to say the kid got a flu shot and it was there. They could easily have verified it. I'm sure she has proof of it yeah. or not, in which case they said she could say, but there's no evidence of it. She couldn't tell us where she got. You know what I mean? They could easily have verified that. Yeah, maybe they'll put her on trial. Maybe. I mean, if she made a stink about if she sues him for the flu, but I don't, you can't get, you can't get sued for vaccinations. I'm not sure if you can't get sued for flu shots, but vaccination companies, some, if not all, cannot get sued. So if that flu shot gave the kid the flu and he died, there's no recourse. So there's like limited recourse. We have to tap into a fund. So anyway, uh, the coronavirus, I'm not afraid of. I'm not either. But they're trying to make people afraid. Very clearly, they're trying to they're trying to scare people right now. I don't know why. I don't know what the bigger purpose is. I haven't looked into that story well, as much that, yet. Usually, that stuff is they always want you to be afraid. They want you to have vaccinations. They just they, this just general sense of unhealthiness and a desperation for healthcare, desperation for vaccinations. Uh, it all goes towards the. Um, anti-vaxxers it jeopardize us all travelers should be feared you want more they're putting in travel restrictions yeah they're doing greater screening at airports health screenings quarantines and stuff you know, yeah isn't that like a biometric stepping stone to a biometric yeah screen? they can test a lot of things with something like this and then they can get your dna if they want it without even telling you really they kind of have it yeah if they swab your nose they have it if they want it. And it's interesting that it's coming from China, too, because China seems to be a threat in a lot of different ways, whether it's trade, whether it's drones. Right. Now right. it's China, this, China, China. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the impeachment saga, yeah. mm-hmm. the clown show goes on <laughs> as Adam Schiff yesterday gave a completely overdramatic reading. It was like a monologue in my my. 10th grade acting class I felt like this came from and during the monologue he had the slogan that right is right what's right is right so we must impeach this president so laws and facts that doesn't matter don't matter evidence doesn't matter hearsay nothing rules don't matter there's rules such a clear rules, right is right yeah a clear moral standard that everybody universally agrees upon that is evident here that everybody just needs to agree that what's right is right and we have to impeach this president i believe is the reasoning 
And you have to be able to just intuit what's right. Yeah. You know, you can't articulate it. You just have yeah. to, this was this is what made me, among other things, hate the Jurassic Park movie. It's when Laura Dern says to the male scientists, you just have you can't think your way out of this one. You yeah. have to feel your way out of it. It's like, yeah, exactly. Not feeling your way out of a deadly situation. Everything about their testimony is about how it feels. And if you have to if you can't Tastes articulate like, it, yeah, if you okay. just don't know it. Through intuition, if you don't know what is right, then you ain't right. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. So I noticed with his reading that it wasn't like quite as good as originally. Like, I guess he's kind of not as enthusiastic as when he read the initial the articles into the record. Well, he saw yeah. the fidget spinners out there. He lost his audience. Oh, that's a lot of, um, there's a lot of press on that. But I saw somebody actually write about Schiff. He's something to the effect of he's such a good reader, which is exactly what I had noticed. Yeah, is that uh, he he's said such that. A good yeah. reader, but he's uh, he's yeah, definitely losing focus. I think maybe he's got withdrawal from the digital stuff. It's digital possibly detox. it's the digital detox that is affecting his <laughs> acting performance. I have started to hear a few other people bring up the the fact that he is an aspiring screenwriter, which we've talked about for a few weeks now, and also the stand-up comic part also fits in there. I'm watching him last night, and to me, he's just rehearsing the things he'd rather be doing or that he aspires <laughs> to do in front of an audience that isn't paying attention. So. Well, that kind of works, though, because then he can kind of nothing to lose. There you go. And what was it you said about Nadler? Oh, Nadler. He said, or whatever his name is, he said a couple of things. He opened with, or CNN put up a headline, we watched 400 minutes of the impeachment so that <laughs> to give you this too. So it's like, I, I can probably, <laughs> Thank I, you, could, CNN. I could probably sit through two. I got about 10 seconds into it. And in those 10 seconds, it was Nadler saying, the president would like you to believe that you don't actually have to commit a crime to be impeached. Now, I think he said statutory crime, but then I like, I, I was thinking, doesn't it, say that in the constitution like you have to commit a crime <laughs> or a misdemeanor and so so it gave me some ideas we're gonna do we have an hour on wsb tomorrow from two to three i want to play some of these clips that we're talking about and i also want to i'm going to go back and do two things i'm going to read nadler or nadler see it's got one d so i don't know uh i'll have to find that out uh that the I want to go back and read the articles of impeachment for Johnson, Clinton, and Nixon had them drafted so we can read those. <clears throat> I started already to read the Johnson ones and uh, decided to, some of that stuff sounded familiar, so I decided to look and see if Obama or Clinton ever had articles written about them back then while they were president about their abuse of power. And there's tons of it, as you can imagine, and real stuff, stuff that actually stuff that Obama did, the first one Obama did, and the last one Clinton did, and the, just the few articles I pulled up were actually echoed the the first w one of Johnson's articles of impeachment, where he he illegally fired someone, used his position of authority to change around staffing or you know who had positions of power. Obama did that. 
right away in San Francisco. I, I'll get the details. But Clinton also did it with Travelgate. Remember Travelgate? They trumped up charges against travel personnel at the White House so that they could get their buddies in. I didn't know they actually accused those people of doing of wrongdoing so they could fire them for cause. I guess they had to or they'd have no reason. Anyway, so the stuff they did was actually there is a precedent as being an abuse of power under that that triggered an impeachment, whereas the one for Trump is so vague. But I just think let people make the decision and I'll bring that stuff. I might have to have you read it, though. Oh, I lost you. I can't hear you. You muted. I was muted there. You're right. And Is Edmund howling? No, he wasn't howling. I just sneezed. So I nice. hit the mute Very button. Considerate. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But I missed everything you said since the sneeze. Apparently. I didn't say anything really other than I was. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say positive. Saying that I hope your voice is better. <laughs> you were just tomorrow. Yeah, I was just snapping. Re- positive reinforcement just... <laughs> was going on. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think you're going to have to uh, deliver my message tomorrow about. Uh, and I will happily Obama, do that. Clinton, Johnson, Clinton, if, yeah. Nixon. Okay. Trump. So exactly. Tinder today. Unless you have anything else on impeachment. I'm not sure I have much of anything else because impeachment's a nightmare and it's boring and Trump's not getting removed from office. There's your impeachment wrap up. It's being used to divide the country and to lead us to think that Russia is a big evil. There's your impeachment summary from now until forever. Okay. Um, We should be so lucky. Impeachment sucks. It's stupid. That should be our new intro. Right. Yeah. The drive time news blast. The impeachment There's your impeachment update. A waste of time going it's, nowhere. It's a waste of time, piece of shit television event <laughs> with a bunch of douchebags uh, pleasuring themselves is what it's it is. It's just the uh, George Lucas of like, they're just doing it to get the merch rights. That, probably. <laughs> I can do the t-shirts and Pe- the graphic. You know, novels. they're selling impeachment stuff. You know, v- they're sell- probably selling VCR gavels, tapes. probably selling fake Nancy Pelosi <laughs> pins, black market. Life. At the March for Life rally, which is happening right now, Trump was the first president to ever speak to March for Life. Yeah, they're marching. I saw that. So we can talk about this after. You keep moving. You keep going. And then if I I get my voice back in five minutes. Yeah, you can tell me about that. I was going to say that Tinder rolled out a, a new feature today. They added a panic button for dates that go wrong. And it works like this. If the user feels unsafe, they will... Open what's called the Noonlight app that works with Tinder, and they press a button discreetly. It discreetly contacts the Noonlight dispatchers. The dispatcher will then respond with a text message so that the person on the date doesn't have to vocally say, vocally cry for help. They can be discreet about it. And if that text message is not answered, the Noonlight will send a code and it will call them. And they will have like I believe it's like a 15 second window or a 10 second window to cancel it if they hold their thumb down on it. So you got to hold your thumb down and not move, I guess, for a little while. And then if you do that, it will cancel it. But if you don't, they will then send out emergency services. I can't see this going wrong at all. In the <laughs> Didn't Me you Too just era, tell the the perps how to overwhelm and neutralize the thing. Do you right. have to use your own fingerprint? Right. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, where's your thumb? Let me see your phone. Put your phone on the table. I didn't hear all that, but I did hear about it. And there was one detail that I thought was terrible from what I think I heard about it was that if you're a person who has signed up, you have to actually sign up for that feature. Your profile on Tinder has a badge on it 
that says I'm safe. Yeah. So, so it's the ashtray effect where once you put that badge up, you identify people who do not have that feature. Yeah, that's right. So then, so like the ashtray effect is like in a hotel room when before there was no smoking rooms, Uh you could never, I rarely smelled smoke in a hotel room. But then when there were smoking rooms, if you got one of those, it was disgusting and unlivable, even for a smoker. Yeah. Because it all just got pushed into that. So whoever doesn't have the badge, it might as well just like have a little banner at the bottom that says free to rape. Yeah. Abuse me. Abuse me. (laughs) I like it. What I want to know is what what's the line, and can you get in trouble for premature alerts? And they should just ha- they should be it should say hashtag Me Too on the premature circle. Premature panic. Yeah, That's premature new- panic. You show up to a date and you're like, oh my gosh, this person's a Trump supporter. I better hit my alert button. I'm gonna get raped. It hasn't done anything. Or but- 15 seconds in, he convinces you that you kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. I started, you know, yeah. It's a terrible thing to say. You can't joke about something like that. Yeah, what a terrible thing to say. I didn't say no, it. So it came I from tried you. to say it because <laughs> it's my um, prerogative as a woman to say offensive things that men can't say. Yeah, I, you know, it's a, fe- it's a feature of being a <laughs> like man. You making fun of I Adam admire Schiff. you. Yeah. <laughs> I see this going badly. I see people who are progressives probably overusing it. And crying wolf quite a bit. And I'm interested to see how they tweak the feature. Because if you just accuse somebody because you don't like them, because now people get threatened if you believe different things than them. And so it hurts them, their feelings, like physically. Because if you say you're something. not right. Right. Because so you're not right. That's going to get the button. I will push this button if you say one more thing about women not deserving equal pay. You know, it's going to be stuff <laughs> like that. So look for women that feature. make up the majority of the workforce now. So that is exactly what you would expect to happen if women actually don't make as much. Yeah. Because then you would just hire all the women until until their pay is elevated to the male pay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that meme has got to go away eventually. What if women are 100% of the workforce? Then it's just catch up. It'll be like, it's been 150 years of oppression yes, before that. That's right. Catch up. Yeah. Because two wrongs make a right. Exactly. I always forget that. We have to suffer <laughs> our share of the abuse to even things out. That the equality and level of abuse has to occur as well, I believe. You're making such great points today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Your voice is down. I feel like I have to step it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm also trying to compliment you. Oh, thank you. It's like- National Compliment Day. <laughs> Hashtag National Compliment Day. We have such great. But it's true. Listeners. I mean it. I wouldn't have said it if I didn't. Yeah, mean well, it. thank you. So <laughs> Trump spoke at. He's the first president to speak at the yes. March for yes. Life, which yes. is very. Whether you're for that or against it, it's definitely something that's going to cause people to get outraged. What he said was so triggery. What he said. I have a quote from it. He said, <clears throat> "Every life brings love into this world." Every child brings joy to a family. Every child is worth protecting. I agree with two out of three of those statements. Which one do you disagree with? Every child brings joy to a family. I love babies. Like I, I, I don't like if I'm so beyond whatever society is right now that if my daughter, when she's like old enough for it to be a healthy thing, if she brought home a baby, I would be happy. Like, I don't even care. Let's just give it to me. Go ahead. Go go to college. Give me the baby. I like babies. I don't care. But I have, because of society, it doesn't really work that way. And for her, you know, it's emotional. I have known women who have had abortions 
have given up their children to adoption and have kept the child, even though it's unwanted and did not have a loving home. And I've known more than just like one of each of those types of people, but I can, there are examples of each one of those that it's a disaster, that it's just devastating for everyone, no matter what Mm -hmm. course you choose that, I mean, Sex is great. It would be great if it were like riding a roller coaster, like no harm done, but it has serious, serious implications. And I try to explain to my kids, like morally, I'm not just like some hyper-religious prude. It's not that. It's that this stuff is serious business. Like it's not just you getting herpes. It's like you bringing a human being into the world that it's very hard to survive in this world. You absolutely have to have love to be well adjusted you must have it and uh and i would say it should be taken very seriously and for him to say something like every child brings joy to a family is so patently arguable he's never seen halloween and see what michael myers did to a family (laughs) as a boy a lot but i mean babies can really stress people out and absolutely it's very hard to have a baby so i think that was something that made people made it sound like people who are pro-life are not in touch with reality. And he was always pro-choice. So this is not coming from a a deep sense of, it's like, it reminds me of Bruce Jenner trying to talk to transgender women. Yeah. He's like, they're like, what? You don't remember what it was like growing up like this? Like, how does, what are you saying? You know, he says dumb things and it's just like, yeah, you just don't understand what you're a part of here. Yeah. And you don't say things like that. It's you have to help people. You have to think it through. It's a complicated. You can't say every child brings joy to a family. Then abortion wouldn't exist. Yeah. Well, that is his speech. There is trending on Twitter. People are outraged about it and they're supporting it. What are they outraged about that? This just the fact I didn't that he see that. just the fact that he spoke at that it. Liked I don't know about oh, that okay. specifically, but the people yeah, my on the mom left was super excited yeah. that he spoke at. Yeah, it. And, she always and, took me down there to march. And people on the left are like, he's going to rip our wombs out personally, and they're just you know. I have to say this: Roe versus Wade is patently bad law. Yeah. Did I just use patently twice? Ugh. It's a good strong Sorry. word. One show, I don't, I don't like it. I'm thinking about my shoes tonight. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So the uh, Roe versus Wade, though, is uh, whether you're for abortion or against abortion, it was just made up so that it could be a national law when it's really a 10th Amendment. It's a it's a law. It's absolutely a law that is a state level law. But the states like Tennessee, for example, is in the newspaper today are passing heartbeat laws, heartbeat laws, basically ban abortions after six weeks, which really violates the the spirit of Roe versus Wade, it's overregulation. It negates Roe versus Wade. That will cause, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, that those, when that gets up to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court will then curtail the amount of discretion the states have to regulate abortion. It will backfire. No question about it. Yeah. I agree with that. It causes too much of a, because people are going all the way with it or they're not doing it at all like the one in georgia caused all the outrage because it uh presented it's a culture battle the legislation is kind of stirring the culture war by representing the the opposing positions 
the extreme op- opposing right. positions. Right. But but a lot of times the culture wars, I agree with you 100 percent. That's how the conservatives were hijacked by the neoconservatives. Yeah. And when Irving Crystal said fold in the religious, if you want to use the government for your moral purposes, you are not a traditional American conservative. You know, you're not a, a, what was very close to being a libertarian. And then it then it's just a battle for control. Yeah. And that's bad. Then everybody wants a big government and you just have to be sure, hope you're on the right side, right, of it, which yeah. is when you really need the 10th Amendment. Yeah, hope your guys so you in charge. Can get the F out. Yeah. So that made me think of two stories. One real quick that I wasn't going to talk about today, but it reminded me of it is guys, if you want to make, I believe it's $4,000 in a clinical study, there's an opportunity because I can't remember the organization, but they are looking for men to test the male birth control cream, which I think you rub on your shoulders (laughs) and you get four grand. The woman only gets like two grand because equal pay. Right. And they're looking for couples to come in to have sex for a year. But the couple, like oh you, when gosh, you read, you have to be okay with getting pregnant, right? That when you read the the sheet of requirements, one of them is like you have to be in a relationship for over a year, a monogamous, committed relationship for over a year. So you, this yeah. is really some dicey territory here for yes. four thousand dollars. Where maybe you want to have a baby, you're okay with it, but you might be okay if you don't. I so. would only do it if I wanted to have a baby. Yeah. And, and I'd save some of the guy's stuff just in case it never comes back. Right. So if the there you all right, there you go. Yeah. Just just a little pointer. <laughs> Make sure you pay close attention to that last line, guys, if you don't want to have a baby. <laughs> because you could get tricked. Just be I would careful. stay away from hormones like that. Hormones are so powerful. You don't want to mess with them. No, I think that that is a dangerous study to be a part of. If you do not, if it doesn't work, then you get four grand and maybe a baby. And if it does, well, then great. Then you're okay. And you get four (laughs) grand. But my gosh, it's a year. You got to try for a year before they they pay you. So I just thought that was an interesting trial Mm. to be a part of. What does it do? Suppressed testosterone, did it say? Uh, It tells the sperm to stand down, I guess, somehow. I just want to know if it makes your hair grow in or fall out. Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. Definitely gonna do I guess they're trying to find that out themselves. Maybe I don't know what it does. Yeah, interesting. So another thing that reminded me of is if you've ever wondered, if you've ever been, if you ever questioned whether or not like the CIA, or the government controls the messages and uses film on Hollywood to spread propaganda, I doubt anyone has ever really doubted that. But there is no doubt anymore after this article that was in The Hollywood Reporter uh, a few days ago about the television show Homeland. Have you ever seen that show? No, it's been recommended to me, though. I haven't seen I've seen a I few a episodes of it. it. <laughs> it's like a CIA. It's one I of those 24 like type of shows. Yeah. Right. And so this article, Edward Bernays talked a lot about using film. He was giddy about the idea of using <laughs> film to spread propaganda because it has such an impact on the culture and you can just put ideas in people's heads when their guard is down, when they're watching, they're not critically thinking, they're you know kind of chilling out on the couch and so they're um, more receptible to this influence. And this is a prime example of what Edward Bernays describes 
The article starts off by talking about how this show, Homeland, for seven seasons has captivated presidents and predicted everything from terrorist attacks to Russian election hacks. And this show has a reputation for being very predictive, predictive programming of wow, really? I didn't the, know what's that. going on in this show happens to be what's going like on the in the Simpsons. news. Yeah, very parallel. That's why I think Trump is going to drive us into bankruptcy, but sorry. That's possible. Sorry to interrupt your phone. I interrupt you all the time. <laughs> And without a voice, I managed to interrupt you. <laughs> I'm sorry. How are they able to do this? How are they able to be so predictive in what's going on in culture and politics? Well, the answer is that starting from the fourth season on, the CIA basically created the entire storyline and script Whoa. for the whole show. And they had wow. every year... Every year, and even before the fourth year they were doing this, but it, it went full CIA after the, after the third season. Every year, the cast and the crew and the directors and everybody, the whole production team, went to what they called Spy Camp. So here's how this happened. After the show debuted, it was very popular. It had a really – one of the most popular debuts that a show had had in years. It was not at Game of Thrones level, but it was not far behind, and it won a bunch of awards, and it was critically acclaimed. It was one of those shows that people got obsessed about, and – Two weeks after the pilot aired, I believe, they began receiving – the production began, began getting phone calls from people in the highest levels of government. And within a two-week period, the Obama administration and Secretary Clinton's office had called the show asking for early cuts of the next episodes. So the White House wants early cuts of the next episodes two weeks after the show is aired. So – the show grows after a couple of seasons, and it has like 7 million viewers. So it's, in, it's got the minds of 7 million people around the world. And that's when they kind of took over, and they started doing these spy camps every year. <laughs> and John Brennan was the head of the CIA, by the way. And one of the actors and writers describes their first meeting. They went to Langley, and when they showed up to Langley, they confiscated all their phones and everything else. And they walked into a room, and they sat at a table across from 50 CIA agents. 50 CIA agents who started talking to them about what it's like to be an agent, who started talking about how being an actor is similar to being an agent because they have to feign romance and have to pretend and do all this stuff. And And they have to pretend to be like investment bankers and lawyers and import-export people. And And, uh, probably TV hosts. Oh, yeah. Anderson Cooper. Yeah, Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper, I don't know if he was there or not. He might very well have been there. There was like a CIA handler, a former CIA agent who kind of was the liaison for all of this. And um, they met with ambassadors, CIA agents, ex-military journalists, intelligence officers of all kind. They would sit across from them, and they were told to answer this question. What are the national security issues most likely to bite the security establishment in the ass over the coming year? So they would put those ideas of what's coming into the heads of the writers, the actors, and the production crew and the director. And then at one of the spy camps, the guy, this guy's name is McGaffin. He is a former CIA agent who kind of helped set all this up, and he was a handler for the show, basically. He told all of the CIA agents that... Everyone who comes out to talk to the to production crew, they were to make the writers understand how serious the threat of Russian election interference was. The show then Wait, did a when whole, was this? This is before Sorry. season six, and season six, I believe, aired around, I think, 2016. Oh, my gosh. I believe. Okay. Yeah. And – because it was unfolding at the same time that all this was happening. So oh maybe 2017. God. And so the whole season six was about – 
Russian inter- election interference. And this is before Russian election interference became a mainstream story. They're doing episodes about Russian election interference. And one of the producers even said that she thought that when we started doing Russian election interference storylines that we had jumped the shark. But by the time the season was airing, because they film it in advance, by the time the season was airing, that is exactly what was going on in the news. So they had no idea. And then the, one of the actors, um, Claire Danes. Oh, yeah. I've heard of her. She said that she didn't realize that there was always going to be some parallel political event going on and that it kind of shook her when they did a par- – they did an attack on a rail station at the same time the 2015 Paris attack happened on a rail station. And she That's said like that the- – the lone gunman pilot episode was a plane being hijacked and crashed into the Twin Towers. And the writers were like, well, who knew? Right. Like, exactly. Well, you knew. Yeah. Well, somebody, the guy who told you to do yes, that. The knew. guy who told them to do it knew. <laughs> and they, they learned, this is one of the things they emphasize. I know we got to wrap it up. They said that they learned of, from the CIA agents that the foreign policy, that one of the things that you have to keep in mind is that American foreign policy needs to be consistent from one administration to the next. And the worst thing that you can do is change it, like pulling out of the, the climate agreement and like pulling out of the Iran treaty and doing stuff like that really pisses off the CIA agents. And so that's what they put in the heads of the film, of the crew. And the people who they met with included Hayden, the former CIA head, and... Edward Snowden. <laughs> they met with Edward Snowden before Edward Snowden became public. And there's a lot more in this article. I can link the article in the show notes. You can read about it. It's fascinating. It shows how the CIA can completely control a storyline. You guys have been listening to your Drive Time News Blast, which you can find every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform. We will talk to you guys tomorrow or Monday. And tomorrow on Monday, WSB. Tomorrow on WSB. Monica, your voice sounds lovely, even though it's a little air. Some people dig it. Some people dig the dark voice. Yeah. Happy National Compliment Day, everyone. <laughs>